0: Hello and welcome to the Birdhouse. I'm your host, Riley Bloomer. Today I'm sitting with my teammate, fellow realtor, and friend, Ron Lenz. Ron was born and raised in the farms of Iowa, where straight out of high school he joined the United States Air Force and became an air traffic controller. His love of aviation drove him to get his pilot's license and become one of the only 96 enlisted pilots. Where he collected top level awards at every level of training. He just recently retired after two decades in the Air Force, and he uses his expertise now to be a fantastic realtor in the DMV. We are so excited to talk to you today about Maslow's hierarchy, what it means, and how it can work for you. Ron, thank you so much for being here, and welcome to my house.
1: Thank you, Riley. Uh, That actually, that background sounds way cooler than it really is and makes me sound way older. Then I really Hey,
0: I pulled it off your website, so I think that
1: (laughs) it's fair. Yeah, I gotta gotta talk to my social media manager. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. You are officially the first person I'm recording with. Maybe not the first episode. So today we are drinking one of my favorite beers, the Nordic Spring Dogfish Head India Pale Ale.
1: It feels right on a cold winter day.
0: Yeah. I only buy beers if they match my apartment, so.
1: Oh, this is really good. I've never had this.
0: It's nice, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Very good. Nice choice.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: That might fall into one of the categories of the pyramid. Maybe is the beer. basic needs. Yes. Yeah. The <laughs> basic needs. A good beer.
0: Food, water, shelter. Yes. Beer. Ron had the fantastic idea when I first started talking about this podcast as kind of a concept. Whenever I bring somebody on doing the same rapid fire questions each time so we kind of talked about what would make the most sense for that and i've come up with a few i sent them over to you Mm -hmm. so i hope you have questions ready for that they're ready answers ready they're primed okay so um the first one like i said you grew up in iowa Mm -hmm. how did your hometown influence the way that you behave today
1: well i can tell you that Here on the East Coast, everybody asks where I'm from. Evidently, there's a weird accent, and evidently, I'm way too nice. (laughs) So, uh, I grew up in a town of about 600 people. Everybody knew everybody. 600? 600. Holy crap, I thought
0: I was a small town. Yeah, graduating
1: graduating class, they brought in people from all over the county. Mm. And even with all of that, my graduating class was 51 people. So, you know, uh, how did that affect me? I mean, one, I, I am very much a heartfelt kind of person. I want to have a relationship with people because that's kind of the, the way we grew up. Um, it was never a one and done kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that definitely has, has, uh, molded me and then you know it's a small farm town so everybody works hard and it's uh it's been fruitful
0: yeah yeah i get that with obviously not as much of a small town apparently but yeah. i always feel like i'm being too nice to people because of the southern charm thing that people don't have as much up here right yeah <laughs> right <laughs> okay next one how has your vision of success changed since you were 20
1: mm, that's that's been a probably the most drastic change that i've seen um you know, originally, When you come into the military, you're making pennies on the dollar. So your whole life vision and everything you're striving for is promotion, promotion, promotion just to make ends meet. Eventually, you realize those promotions come at a cost and it's typically time and freedom and stress. And uh, I don't have a good hairline anymore because of that. So my vision of success has changed because now to me, I still want to make a good living, but I would sacrifice that to an extent for freedom, flexibility, and, and being able to be at home more.
0: We talked a little bit about this before, but I think that age of um, burnout mm-hmm. is lowering. Like people my age are starting to feel burnout, which is soon in comparison right. to a, you know, working until you're 50 or 60.
1: Why do you th- I have a, a rationale of why that is. Why do you think that is?
0: I think with the current economy and the state of the world, as a young person, it is very difficult to imagine a long, healthy, happy life yourself when, you know, things like global warming, we're always thinking about, you know, um, not wanting to bring kids or have kids because we don't want to bring them into a world that's falling apart right. and things like that. I think the biggest one is also the fact that, you know, minimum wage now is not livable right. at all. Right. You know, like to have like a comfortable life, you you have to make like $25 an hour. Having that constant pressure of not being able to, to reach where you want to be mm-hmm. is draining. So it's, yeah. it's a, I think it's just exhausting. And
1: I can see that. I've actually told a couple of, of our real estate clients that if I would have come to the Washington, D.C. area earlier in my life, in my career, this would have been a death trap. Yeah. Because you can't make ends meet on a normal salary. Oh, it's or.
0: impossible. Yeah. I mean, I live with... <laughs> I live in an 850 square apartment with my two best friends, which is awesome, but, yeah. you know, it's hard.
1: Well, I think that'll be a really good segue on something. I'm going to take a note as we get into the pyramid.
0: Oh, um, I ordered the the chalkboard, and it's not here yet, so okay. we'll have to make notes.
1: I, I, I've i got something I'll bring back up because okay. I want to make sure we continue on. Yeah,
0: our, watch it be here the second we pack yeah, up. Yeah, it'll, it'll cool ring with, it. with
1: yeah. our food. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, Listeners, I can't wait for—you know how when podcasts kind of evolve, the— the listeners get like names like on my favorite murder.
1: Oh the listeners yes.
0: Are the yes yeah, yeah. That's so cute. I can't wait for that kind of stuff. Hopefully we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my favorite. This was your idea. What's one thing no one on this podcast. So I guess right now, just me <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, knows about you.
1: Okay. Well, this is my claim to fame. So again, very small school. Keep that in mind. Everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. I have pretty much been the class clown. Through my whole life. I
0: could, could have guessed that. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and our school wasn't good at anything. No sports. We, we were not good at anything. I played every sport, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you the one thing we were good at and we were known literally across the entire state for was band.
0: Oh, cool. So I
1: was in every every version of band. Um, I and,
0: didn't No, I didn't know that. Oh, no, no.
1: It gets better. This isn't it a drum major? No, 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 no. But I was always the one goofing around, doing something dumb, flipping people's music over, Mm -hmm. never practiced, just complete class clown the whole time. But somehow it came naturally to me. And again, small school, but I beat all the upperclassmen for first chair and all of that. And where everything pooped the bed. I don't know if we can curse on here. Oh, I'm
0: going to. If you can't, yeah. Where
1: where everything shit the bed (laughs) was my final day of my senior year. I walked in And the band teacher had organized all of this. And they came up with an award that 20 years later still lives on. (laughs) And it is called the Ronnie Lynn's
0: Spirit
1: Award. And it goes to the senior every year who brings the most life and excitement to the band. That is so cute. They literally have a plaque. And every year they engrave it. And they put the names up. And uh, so I was back there, unfortunately, for my grandfather's funeral in 22. And I went back to the school for the first time in 20 years, oh my God. and got to see the plaque, and it was it was really cool. Holy so shit. bit of a band nerd, I guess you would what? say. What I
0: feel like, I I I was a theater nerd. I used to be. A band I would nerd, do theater too. But then when I fractured my skull, they were like, maybe you shouldn't be around yeah. a bunch of seventh graders playing clarinets. And yeah. I was like, that's probably a good idea. But I mean, yeah. Tommy little sibling they're a drum major yeah I, big band I tried to be drums
1: house. and uh, I was told again everybody well, the
0: drum in... major is the person who drives. oh I thought you
1: said drum okay yeah no I don't want to be the drum major but I, was, I prefer to sit in the crowd and goof off. Yeah. And oddly enough, in the military, when we would march in formation, I was always out doing goofy stuff. So that's, that's the common theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll actually, we'll talk about that in the pyramid as well.
0: Well, that's good to know that they appreciated that a lot, apparently. Yeah, still
1: going. Uh, one more funny thing is uh, my dad remarried, and when her son joined the school mm-hmm. the guidance counselor says you know is walking him through and this is this and this is that and they get to the band room and she's like our band is what we're known for and actually have you ever heard of ronnie Lenz? and he goes yeah that's my my stepbrother now and she's like oh yeah well we you know we still have an award after him that so.
0: is so fun
1: kind of funny yeah
0: yeah i can't i'm a little were you just saying that Yep. You're During the classic like dad thing, where yep. put a special story in the back pocket. Oh yeah,
1: that doesn't come it. out until you need it. Yeah, yeah I've <laughs> got to have some level of surprise. I'm pretty open, but right. you know, you got to keep a few things held back.
0: I have trouble with that because I, oh, I never deserve... stop talking. So yeah. Was, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I loved it. That those are my most memorable memories.
0: Was it a? It was a big band though. Cause it was.
1: Uh, I mean, big for the school. Yeah, but that was like everybody. Right. Knew our band that's was fire. That's how yeah.
0: Radford is, too, because, like, a quarter of the school was in band. So it was, yeah. like, a yeah. massive right. band for, a like, a small school.
1: We actually mm-hmm. got kicked out of competitions across the state because we won. When I graduated <laughs> yeah. in 2002, we were on year 10 that the high school had won every single competition we oh, went wow. into. And it didn't quit. They, how- they've never lost in my 20 years I've been out. <laughs> so and so the, the state said, we you can't keep coming. We have to give it to people
0: Ah, oh, sore losers. Yeah, yeah. This generation, what's just snowflakes. It's the generational <laughs>
1: goddamn hippies.
0: You're sitting in a hippie snowflake's house. I know, yeah. I know.
1: As the cup holders are, the coasters are flowers.
0: I got them from the beach. Actually, I love those coasters. They're one of my <laughs> things. Everything in my house is my favorite thing. Though. I,
1: I've noticed the shower curtain. Yeah. And the yeah. chair
0: and the I think it well was
1: and you 50 posted 50 on Instagram 50. that your knife was your your she bestie was beautiful yeah
0: cool. well that wasn't exactly rapid fire but no <laughs> and I told you that
1: those rapid fires would take <laughs> a long, long time we could have gone
0: way deeper into the whole band hometown thing that's I think yeah we did good I know I know okay so <laughs> tell me about Maslow's hierarchy
1: okay So I'll be honest with you, I was not introduced to this, and I I didn't have it put in front of me for probably 10 years Mm -hmm. while I was in the military. And I kind of looked at it, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Got it. You have to have the lower rungs before you can move up. Cool. It didn't really mean anything. And honestly, as I got further into my career, and I was put in charge of people and teams... I started to realize that my ignorance to that mm-hmm. was causing a detriment to the team. And then you, fa- and you know, so you see kind of wade your way through it. Unfortunately, it's all trial by error and ruining relationships <laughs> and maybe ruining a career, right? Yeah. But, um, so just recently, I started a consulting job with a, a good friend of mine, J.R. Lida, and... This was the first thing he brought up to me and he said this is the cornerstone for everything and he said you have to understand this and so I really started digging in a little bit more deeper and realizing now with maturity and airs and all those things like man he's he is spot on. Mm-hmm. So in theory it's it's just the concept of you know what is your um, what is your motivation Um, for growth, and then how do your deficiencies in that process hold you back?
0: I was researching this as well, and I remember talking kind of a little (laughs) bit about it when I was at my small stint at college, and what we were doing was pretty much this, but it was almost the updated version, where instead of a pyramid, it's a circle, and then it's kind of like rays that move out of the circle, so Hmm. the inside is you, and then you have these rays, because as critics started looking into Maslow's hierarchy... And, of course, it was developed in, what, 1960-something?
1: I didn't research that. Well,
0: I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, and he, he, was, he was researching off of highly educated white men. So white. Um, Abraham Lincoln, Albert Einstein, all those guys, who he decided were self-actualized, which is sure. the top. Sure. He did research a couple women, and then he disregarded Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, classic. As this was being kind of looked into we started thinking about okay there are people who can be incredibly you know in loving relationships but very poor you know
1: right yeah so definitely more modern twist mm-hmm. I would be curious on your take on the difference then but it does the new one just kind of allow where the layers underneath of you don't have to be as solid as maybe what this one portrays
0: right so here I'll just draw it for you actually um so this one you have So this is you and then you have kind of the things that are important to you. And yeah. then you have layers of importance. Okay. So let's say for me, and this is on the modern one, aesthetic needs is part okay. of it, you know, feeling beautiful, living in a beautiful place. And that's a big one. Like people yeah. who live in like this area or where I grew up in the mountains and then move to somewhere rainy and cloudy. I mean, yeah. like Alaska, right. the amount of suicides from on army bases and mm-hmm. stuff like that is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, aesthetic needs. So I would If this is least important here and this is most important, I would probably be here. Okay. You know? And then, let's say, sense of belonging is here. And then other things, and I was looking at kind of the expanded version, and in the original version, it's uh, physiological needs, Mm -hmm. food, shelter, Mm -hmm. safety needs, love and belonging, esteem, and then the top one is self-actualization. Now we're thinking about adding in there cognitive needs. This one I think would be very important to you—the con- the need to learn and have, you know, constant knowledge and feeling curious and adding that into your life. No.
1: No. It's Not learning. me. No. Really? It's not me. Uh, nope.
0: I feel like you're always saying like, "Oh, I need to go research that." Is yeah, that because
1: I don't, you know, I, you I just need don't to? know it. But yeah, it's clearly pure, <laughs> a requirement-based and not a desired base. Okay. Huh. Yeah, you're gonna learn a lot today. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I mean, hey, that's the whole point of. the I mean, like I said earlier, I was like, I could go way off the deep end yeah. really easily. Yeah. But um, I mean, that's that's important to me.
1: Yeah, not to me.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Okay.
1: No. Interesting. So, but I mean, that that's interesting, right? Because that's that's part of the dynamic is knowing on your team who has these needs, right? Uh, or in your business, right. Um, right? Because yeah, that's to me, I would care less. If, about any of that, but to yeah, and that's how you that's how you think, right? Then right. you're thinking, well, then nobody else, nobody else cares, yeah. but they do. Huh. So we like to say the, the bubbles aren't level, you know. The
0: bubbles aren't. I, just, I like picturing us as little bubbles. Mm-hmm. And that's fun.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna
0: have to draw that now. That'd be hilarious.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I do need to look at the new version because I, I do think that this is a great. The normal pyramid is a great starting spot, yeah. and it's probably a. 85% solution I think so. but I do agree that there are things that are just completely different from when this was designed that, yeah. that come into factor more right, right people are now more willing to deal with deficiencies more I think than they used to be you know as yeah. long as they're happy in other areas
0: right right and I think in a lot of ways we're coming back into kind of a a balance of understanding and maybe this is you know with each generation you feel like you're inventing happiness Mm. you know yeah um so I'm starting to see my generation because we're in our 20s and stuff start to be like oh I can just be outside and I'll be fine you know
1: (laughs) well I find it amusing as I look on social media TikTok especially Mm -hmm. people are getting away from the big luxury houses, they want minimalist, they want freedom, they want to be able to telework. RV living is a huge Huge. thing, and just boondocking out in the middle of nowhere, just for pure freedom, and they don't really care the money they're making, but if you look, money's on the bottom part of the pyramid, but they don't care anymore.
0: Mm Because I I think... We're starting to kind of be like, oh, nothing matters. And, yeah. you know, the fear of the possibility that everything could go up in flames at any minute, kind of impending doom, <laughs> yeah, um, has wiped out that need to be rich and be on top and, you know, I'm and all, just explore. And I'm then.
1: looking at the pyramid and I'm almost wondering if it has inverted. Yeah. Where things like, you know, some of these things that are on the base level of needs aren't really quite as important anymore mm-hmm. but people want to i mean think about the world today right um everything from pronouns to you know a, a variety of things acceptance across mm-hmm. a variety of things i mean that you now you're into the love and belonging right and, and the and the self-esteem
0: and that's a lot i think as we've gotten more aware of the human experience in terms of how complicated we are as people and that's like you know like gender and sexuality right that's difficult conversations but once you feel accepted in those ways as somebody who has not me personally but as if you have struggled with like gender and sexuality growing up once you've reached that it could be bigger than anything else yeah anyway so we've got the cognitive needs aesthetic needs that's one of the newer ones eight transcendence so this is things motivated by values that transcend beyond the personal self so this could be experiences in nature. This could be sex. This could be religion and spirituality mm-hmm. and everything that doesn't just include you. Okay. And I think that's a big one. Yeah. Like, I think that almost replaces the the physiological right, needs right, in right. some ways. Or it goes in with there. And they the website I was looking at actually has that as number eight. So right before self-actualization. Oh, really? But I think those things, I think they go on the bottom with everything else. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
0: You know, but I'm also a very spiritual person and I need time outside to feel sane.
1: I mean, so they say that kind of the the age bracket that I'm in is is able to see the old way of things. You know, I grew up with you still had to turn the TV knob and, you know, you still had dial-up internet if you had internet at all. And then we saw a transition. We saw the growth of cell phones, the growth of internet, the growth of from iPods to you know we had Walkmans to iPods to digital streaming services that you ripped offline to paying for music on Apple to Spotify Mm -hmm. Uh, you know so that whole shift was easier and I think my age group tends to resist those things you just talked about Mm -hmm. for a while yeah but I can tell you that my wife looks at it now and says the younger generation has the right idea we didn't grow up that way, so we're putting up walls of resistance. Mm-hmm. But pretty soon, you're peeking around the wall like they're not—they're they're not killing themselves to make you know X amount of money and X amount of success. And yeah. when we talked about how his vision of success changed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's now a thing that I, you know I'm in that that trap, that rat wheel. Right. So it's hard to cut ties and move. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think depending on your age, depending where you grew up, which pyramid are you going to relate to?
0: Yeah. And that's what I was most excited in terms of this whole conversation is, um, and how this can work for you is figuring out what's most important to you, not only what's, but why. So, um, for me, nature obviously is very important to me. I have to spend time outside. I have to spend time outside when it's warm Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. feel happy. And that solves everything in my life, honestly. But why does that? And it's because I spent most of my childhood outside. So that's something in me that I can't change and yeah. that I have to have there um, because that's how I grew up and that's what I need. In terms of, like, some people, if if, if somebody grew up homeless or in a really unstable household, as they're an, an adult, they might really need that stability yep. to feel secure and feel happy. And that right. might be the most important thing to them. They don't give a shit about nature or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, asking yourself why those things are important because then you can start to really dig in and be able to balance your life better and cut out things that you don't need anymore.
1: Okay, so let me ask you this. You're spot on. Eventually, though, as you grow, it's not about you, mm-hmm. right? It's about your spouse, your kids, your, your coworkers, or your employees. And if, if you're going to grow a business, what do you think is the best way to learn and connect with your people on what's important to them
0: as RuPaul says <laughs> you can't love you can't love anybody else without loving yourself sure so I think having spending your 20s single you know except for you because you got yeah. lucky and married to love of your life when you were 20 um Can we edit that or- <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm single don't even yeah, worry I'm, about so um, <laughs> <boring>. <laughs> um but like the independence and understanding for myself that I've found spending time alone yeah. and being able to understand why I do the things the way I do and not thinking about everything logically. Cause I also understand that thinking about every, all your emotions logically is a wall so that you don't have to feel them <laughs> and actually work through it, yeah. which is not something I want to accept because I would much rather just be like, well, I'm feeling this way because instead of just feel something. Yeah, <laughs> But, um, Understanding why I do the things the way I do so that I can adjust myself to be happier but also so that I'm empathetic towards other people right. so that I, I've understood how I can look inward and figure out why I do the things the way that I do to understand myself and be able to forgive myself and love myself and then yeah. be able to do the same for other people. So look at somebody and be like, okay, I know that they really did not have a stable upbringing. So I'm going to do everything I can um, to make sure that when I'm around them, I can make them feel stable and never do anything that's going to make them feel displaced. Right. You know. And of course, you can't be perfect. You can't live your life trying to please other people all the time. But with the people that you bring in, like your spouse or your friends or whatever, your children, having that thought process of understanding.
1: Yeah, I think that was... Um, there have been a couple times in my career where I was where I was very disappointed at what I produced, mm-hmm. and this is this is one of them. Uh, learning to get over that curve, learning that not everybody operates the same way that Ron Lenz operates. I still struggle with that, but I I'm more open to it because I saw the damage it creates. Mm-hmm. And I told you the other day I used to have to I put a sticky on the bottom of my computer screen that said not everybody is the same color as you. And that was in reference to uh, personality traits. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that on another one called the four lenses. It, it's, it's the same as in a relationship too. The, the way you are at 22 is not the way you're going to be in a relationship at 30. Right. And, um, and so that's just one of those things that I think the more educated you are at the beginning, you can at least put the concepts to an emotion maybe or to a frustration or to a win or a loss in a scenario and be like, okay, this is why that went the way that it did. Right. And so I wished I would have known more about this. And one thing I was going to say was, you know, you spend your whole start of your young adult life learning to do a trait, Mm -hmm. learning to do a skill for the most part. Right. Because you, you don't make any money. You're just, you know, so like I have to make money, go back to what, you know, My vision of success was at the beginning, be the best at your job, you'll get promoted, you'll make more money, you'll serve more clients, whatever it is. And then eventually, that's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. And there's a book that I like, and I can't remember the author, but it's called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Hmm. And so all the things we do for years to build up to be the best employee, to get promoted, to get all those ladders moving up the chain pretty soon, nobody gives a shit mm-hmm. if you can flip the best burger or whatever it may be, right? They don't what's
0: care. The, once you get to the top and you're all alone, what's the...
1: What's it's lo- it? I mean, yeah, it's it looks lonely at the top. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I found that's what ended up happening to me. I, I wanted to be a great air traffic controller. Pretty soon, nobody cared about if I was a great air traffic controller. And if you look... As you go up the pyramid, which I'm pointing like they can see it, but <laughs> there's there's nothing at the top that says, you know, they need to see you be the best at their job. If you really go past the physiological, mm-hmm. almost everything from there on is how do you treat people, and how do you make them feel? Yeah. And my favorite phrase is, think about the most influential person you've ever had in your life. In the military, we'd say, think about your your best supervisor you've ever had. Why did you love them? They're not going to say a single thing about how good they were at their job. hmm It's going to be nothing you can quantify on paper. Yeah. No annual report. No stats. Yeah. How did you make them feel? hmm And that's where... You move into the the top tiers of this, so I think uh, one of the questions you had is, uh, where did I learn of of this pyramid? And that's that's what it was. And the same gentleman I told you about, Jr. Lida, I showed up at my base, and he said, "Hey, you know, welcome, congrats on being here. How long do you need to get things set up at home?" Well, right. you never want to tell your boss you need an absorbent amount of time. Uh, yeah. t- two days, sir. I'll be ready right. in two days. Great. Right. And he was like, no, no, no. How long do you need? Two days. I'm here. I'm a hard charger. I'm ready to go, baby. <laughs> and he was like, no, uh, minimum a week, probably two weeks. Yeah. And he said, you got to get mama right because until mama's right at home, uh-huh. you are no good to me. And that was the first time I'd ever heard it put, mm. but he was coming back to, we've got to make sure our physiological needs, our shelter, our warmth, food, money, rest, all that's in place. To be able to start moving up because he was ready to utilize me at a higher level. Yeah. But I, I needed that foundation.
0: And that goes into if work is something important to you, finding a workplace environment that helps you meet those needs beyond just paying you well. Because, I mean, like you said, you will ch- you would take a lesser paying job for a yep. better work environment. Yep. Um, and that's so important if you spend a ton of your time working to be in a place where you feel safe and secure right. and loved
1: right yeah uh, I'm, I'm going to credit him again because I think it's very it's very relevant but you know his his uh, leadership coaching company's motto is people apply for the paycheck mm-hmm. but they stay for the culture and if you look what's physiological right money you got to have money to start building everything else yeah. but pretty soon they're not going to stay for that because as they start to move up they're they're miss. there's a deficiency they're going to go Back down the ladder to go fill that deficiency. Yeah, yep.
0: And that's a that's another thing I saw um, when I was kind of reading about um, how we can adjust it in the original hierarchy. I hate that word. I'm going to call it the pyramid instead. <laughs> um, in the original pyramid, Jesus Christ, <laughs> pyramid. Um, Is that beer hitting? N- no, I think it's the the lack of sleep because i was up all night going this is the first podcast
1: physiological is sleep and rest it it
0: doesn't help i need a i need like nine hours of sleep to function if i don't i i'm not a person it's not good Hey, I have a job that I can get by an hour's of sleep. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. So Maslow originally said that the lower needs must be satisfied before right. you can move up. Right. And with the circular format, mm-hmm. instead, that's saying that you can balance other things um, if on the pyramid they're below and they haven't been balanced yet. Like we said, like, you know, people in poverty. Mm hmm. Just because they're poor doesn't mean that they're not going to have self-esteem right. or um, intimacy or friendship. And some sometimes higher needs can be motivated. Can you can be motivated to get those higher needs even if you're not satisfied on lower needs? Sure. What's the show? My dad showed it to me. It has um. This is.
1: Uh, these this are r- really good clues. Yeah.
0: Thank you. There's <laughs> some guys in it. And, and it's a doing show. Some things. They're two detectives. One of them... You're not talking
1: about the new HBO one, <laughs> are you?
0: No. Okay, he's this huge detective. He's very smart. And he works and works and works. I don't know if this is actually... Matlock. MacGyver. Mm. Those no. are just names. Those are just <laughs> I don't know. Is names. it an old one? Fuck, what is it called? Shit. I'm not helping at know. all. I'm just saying no. things. What was the premises? The premises, there are two detectives. He's like a... Creepy guy. What is this? Oh my god! This is gonna drive me crazy. But he, um, he lost like his wife and his kid, like they okay. died. So he threw himself into his work. Okay. Kind of loses mm-hmm. his mind later. But you see his house, and he's making money. Mm-hmm. And you see his house, and he lives on. He has a mattress on the floor, and then just books everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's how he has it. But I don't think that's a good example because he he does go kind of crazy. <laughs> He loses his mind. I was going to be like, well, you can be, but he was good at work.
1: Yeah. It ebbs and flows, right? So the other thing that I think plays into it is where does your motivation come from? Is it intrinsic? Is it extrinsic? I feel like most well-balanced, self-actualized people, for the most part, are primarily intrinsically motivated. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the, I feel like when you're extrinsic... I mean, everybody wants a little extrinsic, right? Yeah. You know, an award and a nomination, a, whatever it is. That I think everybody needs that. But if you're relying on that to move mm-hmm. up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: nobody has time for that. And
0: that's what you said was the problem is that when you were looking for... When you were moving up and then people started not to care, you're yeah. like, shit, what do I do now? Yeah. Because I'm not getting the, um, the validation that I need right. to...
1: And that's happy and happy. that that is a perfect segue we won't talk about it today. But when you talk about so we've talked about the four lenses, which is a personality. Right. And then that goes into the five gears. I'm sorry, the five voices. The five gears. There is five <laughs> gears too, and five gears is talking about work balance, work life balance. Is this
0: going to be a I think this might need to be like a part 1, part 2 because these will go As long hand as you keep
1: hand. buying beer, I'll okay. keep coming over.
0: That's a silly thing to say. I
1: will always keep buying beer. Five gears? Five gears and five voices. I really like the five voices. I think that's incredibly useful to figure out what is your leadership Mm -hmm. voice. And what you just said, I'm a connector in five voices. I'm a connector and then secondary of a nurturer. So a connector's strength is they, they know everybody, they've got a person, right. they'll talk to people on the elevator, they they just want to gather as much data, make as many connections and friends. But their downfall is the moment a relationship is bruised, they cannot be happy. Mm-hmm. It's all-encompassing until they figure out why, and then it still eats them up, and I'm guilty of that 100%. Yeah.
0: I don't know if I'm a connector too, but I definitely have that issue where if, if, if I'm have a having like a tense relationship or mm-hmm. something that isn't going how I'm used to it going it's gonna be on my mind until it's completely solved
1: it could be that or it could be if you go to the four lenses uh, you are probably a gold which a gold needs everything in order structured mm-hmm. <laughs> is that you or no
0: um I think in a lot of ways you should yes. take you should
1: take these personality tests
0: I love personality tests. So the four lenses, okay. the
1: five voices, and then take disc, D I S C.
0: Thank you for spelling disc. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> never <know.
1: laughs> you never know. You uh, never know. I spelled
0: I spelled something hilariously on here. Where was it? Oh, curiosity, C U R I O C I T Y. Well, yeah. I knew it was wrong, but I can read it. So <laughs> well, you
1: yeah. So disc is another hybrid that talks about. Um, how do you impact people? Mm-hmm. Are you a dominator? Are you an influencer? Are you a stabilizer? Or are you a. I don't remember the C. So uh, that comes into play. Is it connector? No, it's like a curiosity or a. Huh. No, consciousness. There it mm. is. Mm-hmm. Consciousness. So, like, I'm an influencer. Um, influencer with a secondary of dominant. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's me too. So when you start to combine all the little things and you kind of realize how each of them tweak, it's really interesting to see what you're really good at, where you thrive and then the complete blind spots. Mm-hmm. So again, talking about the pyramid, cause that's our goal of being here today. Right. When you start to learn how do you act and influence and lead people or a relationship, then you can kind of realize where on this chain you are going to struggle. And then one more thing, not to hijack the mic, but you were talking about my lack of desire to learn and take in knowledge. I am the most unanalytical person. I hate numbers. I (laughs) hate hate graphs. I hate stats. But the other thing I hate is having to overanalyze something to make a decision. So Mm -hmm. I call that analysis paralysis.
0: I love that I'm I'm writing that's going on I am
1: not I am not going to sit there and get to the 100% solution with all the stats and all the facts that a lot of the times puts me into a bad spot because I roll into a meeting and I go off of gut I go off experience I go off emotion I have nothing to back it up so (laughs) in the Pentagon I would go into some of the highest ranking officials and they'd be like what do you you think and I'd be like well, here's what I think. And they're like, you know, nothing to back it. Confidence. So yep. to me, I it, I have confidence, right? Yeah. You can, and
0: the best thing, as Maddie in Euphoria said, um, nobody can tell if your confidence is yep. really fake. I'm butchering my quotes. I can never do these.
1: In air traffic control, we used to tell the, the young controllers who were nervous and scared, as long as you're confident, you'll, you'll be able to run a pilot straight into a mountain. They're never going to doubt you. Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of where that all starts from. Yeah. That's
0: our military is saying. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, no
1: problem. But, uh, you know, that's, I, I, I just, to me personally, it's kind of an operator mindset. You take what's in front of you and then you just go. And yeah. you just, you're going to be at about 80 to 85% all the time, but you're going to be moving forward. Whereas someone who sits down to just analyze and read up on, it's not me. Yeah. So if you need a decision on the team to be made, and you just want it made based on right what's right in front of us, come find me. Mm-hmm. If you say, can you research this? You've lost me. I hate
0: researching I, I cannot stand it. I I like researching things that are quote unquote real. Does that make sense? No. Okay. I like learning about plants. Oh, okay. okay. I don't like learning about the housing market. Okay. I have to yeah, because it's yeah. my job, but that's not the part of my job that I care about. Hence this podcast, we're not doing market stats. We're yeah. talking about everything else that goes on behind the scenes
1: so how do you connect with a client then because they want stats
0: well if that's what's important to them Mm -hmm. and as a real estate agent that's something i have to know that's something that i'm going to bring in and then i'm always going to research and continue learning just because and that's a big part about growing up is finding where in your career what are the things that you're willing to put a little bit of time in if you don't care about them to get the that'll help you get to a point where you're satisfied Mm -hmm. so like yes I obviously have to know about market stats I have to know about contracts and what they mean and everything that goes into a contract and be able to explain that very well because I know that I'm giving my client peace of mind right do I care about those like yeah like inwardly do I care because to me that's not real you know like it's like if the whole planet exploded Let's say if everybody died, <laughs> um, the things that are still left over are kind of the things that I'm curious about. Yeah. You know? Okay. So no, no, like, no, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but no, yeah. I don't care about market stats. I have to learn yeah. about them because that's is One of the big things that makes me good at my job is that I know what's going on. But then that's a little part that I'm never going to remember. And like you said, you know, you remember how people make you feel. Right, right. Nobody's going to remember the market stats I told them. They're going to remember that I made them feel secure and confident in their purchase or their sale or whatever.
1: So when you said you like to research things that are real, I would add to that. I am a big researcher of... What is, what is going on in your life? What do you enjoy? I research the people. Mm-hmm. That's the first question I ask a new client. What are your hobbies? Yeah. Not how much is your house going to cost? How many bedrooms? What are your hobbies? So yeah, I like that. I And, and I lean on the people who do like the numbers and the stats. Or yeah. our broker who will send an email out every week on here are the stats for Virginia. And I am not going to recreate that. I'm just going to look at it, snap a mental picture. Now I've right. got a talking point.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what makes... You a good agent too, because when it comes down to it, people aren't gonna go with somebody who just preaches market right, stats at right. them. They're gonna go with somebody who they connect with, you know. Right. No like trust. Yep. yep. But yeah, I mean that all falls into the, the pyramid too.
1: It does. And, you know, yesterday I was doing a walkthrough on uh, we're closing on Monday and I was doing a final walkthrough and it's a military couple. The husbands in Korea, the Wife is in Arizona. And so this is my specialty, right? Been Done this a new, not number of times. And so we did the walkthrough and, uh, virtually, and I sent the videos and all that. And then I also went in and I changed the temperature settings. I shut off the water to the home because they won't be here for a month. I drained the exterior lines. Did just a lot of little odds and ends, and then came out, snapped a photo with the key, sent it to him. I told them I turned on their exterior lights so it looks like somebody's home. And the lady said, "I've never had somebody that made me feel safe, and we're not even there yet." Aww. So I you know, that, that, <laughs> no, it was a really, it was a really good feeling. Like that, that's the difference, right? Yeah. So to me, that's that's my motivator. I want to get people up this thing. Mm-hmm. They've got the money. They've already got the house. I know they're good on insurance. They're physiological. Their safety needs are met. I'm trying to get them into the love. Uh, love and belonging, and it's just little, and it's just amazing little things because they're afar. Yeah, and it's it's that kind of stuff that they will remember that right. right?
0: And those are also the things that they're not even going to know would have been a problem yeah. until you fixed it Absolutely. already. And that's the best thing ever. Yep. It's being like, oh yeah, this is solved. By the way, yep. and then they're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yep. I'm like, I know you didn't. That's my yep. nice job. I know. But that also goes into, I mean, empathy is such a big part about being an agent. It's also you know, that's a big part about being a husband and a mm-hmm. father and all that stuff. Thankfully, I'm neither. I'm a better agent of than I <laughs> the other two. No. <laughs> but um, being able to understand why these things are important mm-hmm. to you so that you can understand why other things are important to other people. So that you can put yourself in their shoes and see, oh my God, what are all the insane things that I would worry about if I was coming into this new house? Yeah. And really be able to look into that.
1: So can I ask you this? That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. How do you bridge that gap when you've got a client who's buying a home that's maybe their third or fourth home and you're a younger generation? How do you build that trust when maybe you haven't gone through the same things?
0: Honesty. That's a big part of it. Um, And weirdly, I thought, I mean, I think in a lot of ways I'm very different than most real estate agents old spirited Uh, right but no like being 22 Mm -hmm. um being alternative for the most part I mean I have a bunch of metal in my face and that's not something you see in our job a lot Mm -hmm. um my hair is going to be fully blue one day again I have to go back to that it's me you know (laughs) but being very honest and when people ask me a question that I don't know the answer to there's a place for confidence, but there's also a place for being like I don't I've never That's a great question. I've never had that question before. Yeah. Let me call my broker real quick and then getting back to them immediately mm-hmm. so that they know that I'm putting in the work. And one of the best compliments that I got is my first sale, I told them at closing I was like I was like this is my first my first close and they were like, "Really?" I was like, "Yes." And they were like, "That is amazing. I wouldn't have known." Mm. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm telling you now because everything's done." Yeah. yeah. But I thought that you guys should know because it's special and they were they were important clients to me. Um, so I think honesty letting them know that I have a great connection with my team and mm. my broker, so any questions that I have, I can have answered pretty much immediately by people with a lot of experience that also are not going to bullshit you know but then listening listening is obviously super important so also having the ability so if somebody has bought four houses before they're not going to have that same almost anxiety yeah that I have about it as the agent and I know that's never going to go away from me because I know myself and yeah I one of my you affirmations right one of my affirmations in the morning I write this in my journal every day <laughs> is it's not anxiety it's motivation yeah. because that is something that really helps me knowing that or telling myself even if it's not true <laughs> this isn't something that's hurting me. It's something... Yeah. You know, it used to be to a point that was hurting me, but now I've got it under control where I can say this is motivating me to do the things I want to do and yeah. and watch out for the things I need to watch out. Yeah, the
1: nervousness... Right. ...keeps you sharp. Yeah. The moment you're relaxed and not worried, mm-hmm. that's a problem.
0: It's like um, construction injuries. It's never with new people. Yeah. It's with people yeah. who have been working in the business for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. They get comfortable. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big part of it is... Having that anxiety that um, you know, four-time homeowner doesn't have anymore, sure. so that I'll catch things that they might not be looking out for or care That's about, true. you know. That's true. But I did get a compliment one time where the person was like, "You were just." on top of it and you made sure all of our questions were answered and I was like thank God because I don't know shit you know like we can be great agents but I mean even our our team leads will say all the time I call you know I ask so many questions every day because I don't know anything because there is so much that goes into this
1: it's um it's funny I was just at physical therapy and the guy was asking how long I'd been doing real estate and how I transitioned from 20 years of aviation to real estate and the one thing I told them is I had very difficult jobs where teams were important, and I was leading facilities of a hundred people. And what you learned was people. Mm-hmm. And that's what real estate is. So the unlocking the door and writing the contract is the easy part. It's all the emotions. It's all the experiences being able to talk with the other agent talk down a scenario or a situation. It's it's far more emotionally driven than what I thought.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, like, if you, low, if you make a low offer, even if you don't agree with it, yeah. you know, sometimes you just got to do what the client wants to do. The responses that I've gotten have been kind of hilarious sometimes, and I'm always shocked every time. And I, I haven't, you know, I don't really work with a lot of investors or anybody mm-hmm. like that, but I've had clients that are very old-timey yeah. in their ways. So... You know, going like, oh, we'll, we'll offer it eighty and settle at ninety percent. I'm like, you know, that's yeah. not in this market. But yeah, yeah, you know, we'll make an offer. It's not going to happen, and then you know, I'll be able to just have that discussion with them um, as the time goes on. But oh my god, I've been like hysterically laughed at over the phone before, yeah. and I'm like, ma'am, I don't want to do this either, but like, yeah, I'm not going to lose a client because I because they need to learn, you know. Right. <laughs> So, yes, it is an emotional job, for For sure. Okay, so you said it was difficult for you to be able to kind of understand that other people aren't the same as you. Mm -hmm. In terms of the levels, um, in the classic form, which one was the most difficult for you to kind of nail down?
1: Uh, honestly, probably the physiological, the the most basic level. And, and, and the reason behind that is I'm a very intrinsically motivated person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, I mean, I may not have the fanciest car and all the other stuff, but my house is squared away and I've got enough to pay the bills. And if that's all I've got, it's squared oh, away. Okay. Yeah. And that was part of that farm town upbringing and all of that, right? So as I moved up the ranks and we would get people in, I just felt like that was already taken care of mm-hmm. and a lot of these people grew up never having to do chores and never having to do any of these things knew nothing about money and finances so i was already trying to bring them in to the love and belonging because i'm right. a very heartfelt connector very heartfelt uh, emotionally decision maker and so i'm like come on in we're you know we're gonna be a team we're gonna be a team and what i watched was they were not committed yet at the same level. Mm-hmm. Then I felt like I was doing something wrong. And where truly all it was was behind the scenes, they were trying to figure out 18-year-old, fresh out of the house, life.
0: How do I do my laundry? How <laughs> do I do my
1: laundry? I mean, I'll never forget when I just chewed a guy's ass because he was falling asleep at the radar scope.
0: Oh, and yeah.
1: 18 years old and I am riding him like sea biscuit, <laughs> And I up one side down the other Mm -hmm. and you know, telling him all the reasons why it's not acceptable, not acceptable. And then we come outside and he was like, I've, I, I was up all night playing whatever new world of Warcraft or call of duty or whatever. it was." And I was like, like, you can't 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 be up till two or three in the morning. And he's like, I've never had freedom like this. I, I, I don't know the boundaries yet. And he was like, I'm just trying to figure life out. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was was a hard thing because, to me, that was stuff that was ingrained from a young age. So I'm trying to get them up the ladder as fast as they can because once they're up the ladder, up the the pyramid, Mm -hmm. um, they want to stay. They feel needed and valued and certified in their job. And, you know, so I was missing the bottom rungs. Mm
0: -hmm. That's something... I struggle with and I have to remind myself and thankfully I have a mom who reminds me of this a lot is when I think about Friendships and relationships. I think about it in an 80-20 way 80% of them 80% of the experience you have with them should be great should be wonderful. You should feel comfortable I mean doesn't have to be incredible, but you know neutral Um, Them as a person 80% of them Should be loving and and good and make you feel comfortable in the relationship 20% can be absolute shit chaos. If it starts to trickle into that, you know, 70-30 where you start to feel like more of that time is spent Mm -hmm. where you're uncomfortable or nervous or they say weird, more weird shit to you, might not be a relationship that you need in your life anymore. But also being able to look into that and being like, okay... They're kinda coming down. I know this isn't them because mm-hmm. maybe they just lost their job or something, so they're on edge a lot. And being able to look at somebody like you've known them forever, that's a big thing for me yeah. because most of the people I grew up with, I mean, like when I was like a senior in high school, I had known all these people my entire life. Small school. You right. know everybody, mm-hmm. everything about mm-hmm. everybody. Yep. yep. Um and even the people you don't like, when they're being little shits, you can be like, oh, that's just yeah. that's just them. I'm not taking it personally because that's how they've been their whole life. It's not about me. But then when you meet new people, being able to do that is more difficult because you haven't known them their whole life. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's a new thing and what's an old thing. But that goes back into looking into yourself and figuring out why things are important to you and being able to look at them too.
1: I think this is a great first Piece to discuss. And then I think that if you, as you begin to utilize this in everyday life, you're still going to miss the mark if you don't know those other pieces about you. Yeah. And then ultimately about your team. So I did get to the point where I would give out those surveys. Yeah. Eventually you work with people long enough, you'll kind of figure it out. But when I would first show up to a facility for about six months, you don't, you're just kind of sitting quietly and you're not trying to rub people the wrong way. And so after, you know, a month or so, I would go and, and kind of hand out little surveys and be like, I want to be able to efficiently lead you and not, not break down a relationship. And that was helpful, but you got to know it about you first.
0: Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you asked those questions because that was something that I hadn't seen before in a coworker or, and you're not my boss, but we work together a lot. Um, You're on my team and we do a lot of different transactions together, but Being able to be honest with you, like, I am struggling. Like, I work my ass off and I'm doing so much for this team, but I can, I just cannot close a house. You know, these last few months have been really hard or whatever. And you take that as like, okay, she does all this stuff for a team. So I'm going to, I'm going to hand her one, you know, and having that type of relationship is really awesome because that puts me in a place where I have my basic needs met and then I can, you know, continue contributing. And that's the whole thing about being on a team—is helping
1: each other out. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, I I told our team leads when we first started, as we were talking through splits and and referrals. I said, "Don't. I'm I'm satisfied up to the top. Mm -hmm. I I don't I don't truly need anything." And I said, "Find the people that don't have the connections and don't have the experience yet. Let them build. Right. Um, Because yeah, I, I want everybody to move up the pyramid." Fairly succinct, you know? Right. As much as I can. Yeah. You're, you're with a bunch of old people and then they're... Just- <laughs> a
0: bunch of old as shit. Hey, man. I've got the old soul. You do have an You've old soul. You've got the falling apart old old man. And I'm the class happening. clown of the
1: group right. that acts like a young kid.
0: I was thinking, like... I feel like the loving belonging for me is pretty good because I live with my best friends. Yeah. And, you know, I have family sort of close by and good relationship with my family. Safety needs... Yeah. Eh. yeah but like the physiological needs you know so like at first we were thinking and we talked a little bit about this before too you know physiological needs is like your late teens early 20s trying to figure out oh yes. i do need nine hours of sleep to function and right. then you know as the pyramid kind of goes up that's as you grow up so like yep. you know self-actualization is maybe your late 30s early 40s and for some people way farther down the line you know but now I'm like "Eh, I don't know most people who I know in their early 20s have love and belonging and possibly also aesthetic needs and cognitive needs but they don't have their physiological physiological needs met and probably don't have esteem yet okay
1: this is oh sorry
0: but like 30 year olds you get married you're starting to build your family, maybe, and I see this a lot. Not with you because you yeah, you make we friends with everybody you meet. But um, connector. I'm a connector, <laughs> right? Label um, it properly. You know, people get married, and then it's like I don't have any friends anymore. Yeah, right, right. And then that becomes a problem later down the line. It but is. like yep. maybe you have your physiological needs met and your safety, but like a big chunk of your life is missing. So I think it changes, and it does. That's another part of looking in and being like. What do I need and why? So let me ask
1: you this. And then uh, I, this is what I wrote down when we first started, when we talked about the difference in the generational gaps. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts mm. on what the digital age has brought us?
0: Uh, okay, that's a big question.
1: Yeah. That's a really big question. I do have a doctor's appointment in two and a half hours. <laughs> no,
0: because I was like, shit, did we already go? Like, Holy oh, crap. Um, we already need another beer for this. Okay. The positive sides of social media, so let's just say social media, yeah, yeah. can get negative quickly. But in a lot of ways, what has come out of social media in terms of young people being aware of politics, yep. you know, going back to gender and pronouns, having a greater understanding of that being able to to be empathetic to other people that you've never met before Mm -hmm. but having that constant education and empathy in a lot of ways and some people you know you open next door or facebook and you're like jesus christ like how can he be so hateful yeah but then other times you open it and it's somebody who like i see a lot of trans people on my feed who are like i'm you know, like a trans woman who's like, I'm trying makeup for the first time, and maybe they haven't transitioned or anything like that, or aren't in a family that accepts them. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the comments is like, you look so beautiful. Like, yeah. Just, you know, and that is fucking awesome, and not something that would have happened in your childhood. No. But also that bridge between if, let's say, you were a kid now. Well, that's not a good example, but a kid in <laughs> I was like, let's say you're a trans kid in Iowa, but... <laughs> Maybe there's trans kids in Iowa who grew up in a farm with people who don't have that education yeah. Yeah. and understanding or empathy. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah, um, yeah. But they can go on the internet and have those people right. validate them and be like, this is okay. And you're going to find your people one day. And that's fucking awesome because finding love and belonging yeah. Through the internet, which sucks in a lot of ways, but it literally saves lives. People yeah. can also get bullied to death on the internet. Sure, literally. sure. So I think that's awesome. Finding acceptance and belonging. Also, when, in terms of the politics, like like actual politics, when something happens, I will hear about it immediately from other people reporting on it on right, the internet. Right. Which is awesome, because I have to put in no effort. Yeah. To be aware of what's happening in the world. Right. And that's really awesome. Because, you know, 20 years ago, you would have to read or read the newspaper or something. And now I'm just scrolling, enjoying myself and zoning out and watching these people who are very passionate about it and smarter than me talk about what's going on in the White House, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's really great. With that, too, the whole chronically online thing. So, like... Taking things too far Expecting a lot of people who Don't understand instead of If you grew up in a place where You didn't know a lot of gay people or something Mm -hmm. Immediately Kind of hating on those people Which then pushes them into a box So like if you're if you've found yourself on the internet in a place where you get constant acceptance and validation from people and then you meet somebody who doesn't give that to you even if they're not a mean person i've seen a lot of times people going like immediate shutdown and being like that's fine a lot of ways you have to set boundaries for yourself to protect yourself so that you don't you know because sometimes you you're just like i've dealt with this enough before but also understanding that we, we can't make any change or grow as a culture if you're not willing to talk to people and, like, understand that somebody is... Com- like, understand where they're coming from, I think, is the biggest thing. Like, are they coming from a place of hate or a pace, place of curiosity? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I do. And, of course, all the other horrible things on social media, like giving 10-year-olds eating disorders because of how much we push women looking a certain way and men right. looking a certain way, too. Thankfully, I'm on a part of the internet where <laughs> I feel like it's.
1: Is that the black web? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: you know, I love selling like kidneys e- over there. It's really fun for me. It's fun. It's I mean, a new you got to make ends meet. I'm a connector. You are a
1: connector. <laughs> um, You're also a harvester. Right, <laughs> <laughs> harvester. Um, but gatherer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's my, it's my, it's my gatherer instincts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: but yeah, I mean, thankfully, I'm on a spot of the internet where I'm comfortable, but. Most people my age were like... Like, I never was on, like, Omegle or any things like that. Do you know what Omegle is? Nope. Okay. So it's like a chat room, okay. but it's video. And you oh. log on, and then you're just with a random person. Oh. You can see how that could end badly. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. Especially with children yeah. and pedophiles. Yeah. I avoided that kind of thing because I had a perspectively easy upbringing with parents who loved me and was stable for the most part I didn't really feel the need to get on that because because I had that easy upbringing I had the education of being like not everybody's gonna be nice and there are weirdos out there who want to hurt you you know and I was like I don't need that in my life I'm 10 I'm gonna go outside you know what I mean But a lot of people didn't have that, and they were looking for validation in dangerous places. I don't know.
1: I can tell you, I took I took two notes um, because we could branch off on this seventeen right. different ways. So to try to keep it streamlined, in my opinion, having lived in the world without internet on a phone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: barely without internet in the house, to now, I agree with you. I love the fact that I can check banks, I can do everything on my credit card. I have Apple Pay. I can look up anything that I want in my hands. But to me. It's also what is causing the burnout mm-hmm. because there is no such thing as shutting it off. Yeah. And so when the younger generation, as you mentioned earlier, you said you're burning out faster because you're thinking of global warming and you're thinking of all these other things because it's always in front of you. Yeah. There's no way to get away from it. And I agree 100%. I love the, the ingenuity and the creativeness and the open-mindedness that has come from it. I learn everything now on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that I see it in my kids, especially my teenage daughter. If if the if the electronics go away, she has no idea how to function. Mm-hmm. And as I've talked to other parents on, so like, hey, do we do we take electronics? Are like, no, we tried that. That's not a route you want to go down because that is their new going outside. That is their new network. That is starting to meet the bottom layers of their pyramid in their world. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a hard struggle because I was the same way. I yeah. was like, you know, go outside. We didn't have all this crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but you try to do that now. And there there are no kids outside unless they're in a sporting event. Right, You go, you go through a neighborhood, there's not kids out just running around like there used to be. Yeah,
0: and that's kind of heartbreaking mm-hmm. because so much of like...
1: But that's why I feel like the pyramid is beginning to flip to right. where, you know, they seek self-esteem on the internet first from a right. from a stranger, from a group of cosplay friends or whatever right. they are, and then, you know, then they work up. And so when you take that, it's like you're almost taking the bottom layer of their pyramid.
0: Well, I think validation for children is really important. I have a... I, I feel like I'm pretty confident for the most part now. I'm a fucking psycho sometimes and weird as shit, but like... <laughs> I'm good with who I am, you know. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, I had no concept of self. Like yeah. I like I felt like I I I had lots of hobbies and I had friends growing up. I was a lonely kid in a lot of ways though, cuz I felt very different than everybody. I was a tomboy and, you know, just
1: And you were like Benjamin Button aging in reverse. I hate that movie aging so in reverse. much. Um, your body's aging the right way But your soul so started mad. at 113 that Brad
0: Pitt right yeah. Why the fuck did they have Brad Pitt <laughs> play in that movie It doesn't make any sense I don't
1: know Because he's a beautiful little baby
0: I hate the scene where they're sitting on the porch at the end
1: uh, I've only seen it one time
0: Okay well you you brought this up So you have to okay. go watch it again Ugh. We'll have a Benjamin Button Will we?
1: fuck,
0: What was I talking about um,
1: Lonely tomboy
0: but so much of my confidence now when I'm looking back and thinking about where that came from is encouragement from my parents obviously but and my mom still calls me a cool kid but my parents thought I was so cool they would always tell me that I'm a cool kid and that I'm interesting I'm smart you know and me and my mom are probably going to talk about this but like body positivity yeah. as a child is really important and my mom was retelling me a story of when I was little I was like 3 or 4 and I had a babysitter who was a college student and she was really cool but she was a college kid who was you know, kind of an idiot like we all are and mom was putting me in the tub and I stood in front of the mirror and I sucked my tummy in and I went Ugh, I'm so fat I'm not eating anything tomorrow as like a 4 year old and that's something that like a lot of little kids do and that's fucking insane because i heard her say that and that oh. monologue started in my head as practically a toddler that i was fat mm-hmm. but having a parent that was able to she said oh no like your belly is rounded beautiful you know that kind of yeah. thing but also having parents that <laughs> would be like get the fuck outside you yeah. know you don't have a choice yeah and i was a i was a tough kid too But because I'm very stubborn, um, you know this, (laughs) but I think validation as a child is what's going to give you confidence as an adult in a lot of ways, because you don't have the ability as a 12 year old to be like, I'm doing this for me. Yeah. I knew who I am because you don't know who who you are. You have to lean on the people in your life. And if you don't have those people, it's going to be really hard for you as an adult. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess the last one. So, this ties back into the theme of this podcast, which is growing up and growing a business, which is what I'm attempting to do kind of shakily, but I'm doing it. How do you recommend someone like me, and you know me pretty well, um, who is just beginning their life in business to really apply this method?
1: I didn't prep for that one.
0: <laughs> did I send it to you?
1: Yeah, I think you did. I guess I'll go, I mean, I, I got to go back to where did I fail? And where have I seen others fail? And I think you're a different one. The military is just a completely different thing. They take your identity and you just follow orders. Yeah. Um, I think transparency is key. Mm -hmm. I think um, a proper, I don't like to use this word, but it's proper onboarding. When you meet a person, you make that first impression. You're gathering data about them. You keep your judgments aside, kind of a blank slate. Uh, you know, we talk about when you bring a person into the unit, your onboarding is sets the tone for everything else there on out. But I, I just wish I had more knowledge of this. I wish I would have had somebody sit down and explain it mm-hmm. in a way that made sense because it just—they it, were just words. You know, yeah. I'd seen it even at ten years in, so twenty-eight years old, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. As much as you, as much as I hate to research, but this is the kind of stuff. Personalities, interpersonal conflict, communication, empathy, sympathy, knowing what motivates people and knowing when to push a little harder and when to throttle back. Yeah. Are things that unfortunately you'll probably learn trial by error. Yeah. 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 Because it's theory, right? Yeah. It's theory. And we have all this theory and then nobody uses it because you just you stay on the path you're on.
0: You're, yeah, the one that you understand.
1: So yeah, terrible answer.
0: <laughs>
1: I didn't give you. Just either. go for it. Yeah, much. just just full send it. Yeah, and um,
0: be able to apologize. Probably. Be,
1: yes, yes, and and actually, um, that's actually a great point. There was one time that I made a decision on revoking promotional enhancement for an individual and I had my reasons why and I came to her and I told her why and I saw her break down and I went back after the fact and I was like I I let emotion and frustration get in the way of that and I thought like big big picture and I decided I had to reverse my course so the next day I came back and the first thing I did is said I apologize and I thought about it and I was in the wrong and she broke down again and she was like I was hoping you would see it and she was <laughs> like thank you for apologizing Yeah. I've never had an issue saying I'm sorry or I messed this up. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been helpful.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm still learning that for sure, being able to apologize. And I think I think I've gotten to a place where I'm good at it. I always warn people, I might cry because <laughs> yeah. like that's just not something that I can do. Yeah. I when I'm in an emotional situation I've gotta cry and warning them, I'm taking this very seriously. <laughs> yeah. But I'm a crier, you know, so yeah, that's something that exposure therapy type thing. Mm-hmm. The yes. more you do it, the easier it gets. Yes, exactly right. Yeah.
1: and unfortunately, it's just it's it's repetition and it's a book of experiences that you'll end up smashing together. And when the next thing happens, you're like, oh, been here, done this, not making that same mistake again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah,
0: well, I think that's a good good close to the conversation. Shut the book. Yeah, shut the book. Well, thank you so much for listening, um, listeners. We've got. Let's see. So you can you can follow me anywhere on um, TikTok, Instagram. I just changed my username. Oh, it's riley.bloomer, Bloomer. R um, i l e y And then also, if you have anything to say about this podcast, you can email um, me to at you can. Let me try that again. You can email me at the birdhouse twenty twenty three at gmail.com. You can also. Follow Ron, which you should because he posts a lot of good info on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, if you're into that kind of thing, um, at Real Estate Ron Nova. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to me about this for a while. Time for time. another beer. Let's yeah, go. Beer. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I forgot we were on video. I right? know, right? <laughs> Bye.